The year 2020 has been a year of change. Global changes have included COVID-19 pandemic which has resulted in us all having to change our ways, especially with traveling on a global scale. Cutting down air traffic has bound many to their place when the regulations came. The world is not as small or open anymore as it used to be. On a regional scale, there have been wildfires and other natural catastrophes. In societies, some people have demanded rights that they should have by default, more visibly than in years, and there have been demonstrations and confrontations in many places around the world. Individually, people have also gone through changes. Some have lost or quit their job, some found a new one. Some have faced economic challenges and some have overcome them. Relatives, family members and friends have passed away and babies have been born. Relationships have been broken and new have been formed. We haven't been able to see some people important to us physically, but we've been able to connect to them and many others via technology. Children have had to do learning outside of school context and stay away from their important social groups. Adults have had to learn working from home, some meanwhile helping their children in education. We all have faced changes of some kind this year, big or small. We face changes normally also, but this year it has been more rapid, more serious and more visible, and more in number and ways. My name is Jani Kontkanen and you are listening to Mitä Pelataan podcast. This series is called Paragons of Change. It's a series of interviews with people from board gaming sphere whom I've noticed going through changes in recent times. We talk about change and what they have changed in their lives. By default, we do not claim we state facts. We only talk from our own points of view and our opinions. As the discussion might take a negative note at times, we try to finish with a positive by giving you a top 9 list of games. The topic of the list has been chosen by the guest and we will have a battle of the lists after the episode airs in my social media channels. You, dear listener, are encouraged to comment and vote on the lists to see which one of us did better. The award is pride and fame among the small listener base this podcast has. Now, let's invite our paragon for today. This time in the Paragons of Change series, we have our 11th guest, Grant Fitch. Let's welcome Grant. Welcome. Hello. So, if people don't know who you are, can you tell the people who you are? Well, I'm actually from Our Family Plays Games, a YouTube channel, and I am the editor. You usually see my mom and my dad, Miklos and Starla Fitch, but I am the editor. I'm usually the one behind the camera. I appear sometimes, but not all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. How is it? Is it fun to be editing? Are you are you giving commands to your parents that don't do that and do that? And actually, are yes, you, are I'm you like kind a director, of like, kind of like the mini director, I guess you could call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds cool. Um, so you're a teenager, right? Yes, 16. All right, that's a great age. And also a great age to be a board gamer. So how how did you get interested in board gaming? Well, really, it was my parents. When I was younger, they would always buy board games and stuff. And we, we started off with the basic games, but we eventually moved on to board games. Like We went from like Monopoly, of course, or Uno mm-hmm. and stuff. <laughs> And then we moved no, to things like Parcheesi, and then my parents got bored with it, and then they eventually moved on to things like Catan, and then that's where it all started, really. 
Catan, Ticket to Ride, that stuff. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Monopolies and Unos, but maybe <laughs> should advance at some point. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Are there lots of teenagers who are playing board games? No. How's the situation there? Honestly, if I were to give an opinion, I don't think a lot of teenagers play board games. Or if they do, a lot of them do play like video games instead. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I like video games as well. But board gaming is also important, and you should also have people play those as well, sometimes. Yeah, I, I think if you play only video games, you are kind of lacking the social aspect. Yeah. And city, sitting around the table and using the pieces and handling them and actually doing something together physically, not via distance or via internet. Yeah, that makes sense. And the physical aspect of board games is important. Yeah, it's also the tactile nature, so you can do something with your hands also. It's very important for some youngsters, in my opinion, or might be important. Yeah, I think so too. How do you think that we could get more teenagers interested in the hobby? Do you have some kind of clues or tips or how? Well, if I were to get more teenagers into board games, I would introduce them to things that, like, board games they probably don't know but are probably fun mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Something that would be fun, action-packed, fast, something like that. Because a lot of my friends who like video games over board games or don't even know about new board games, they're probably going to want something fast and stuff that we could keep up with, for instance. Like, nothing yeah. too slow, nothing too boring, as they would call it. So, Yeah, so like something like Space Alert or Escape or something that's with the clock. Oh, definitely or... Escape or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Because it it's a bit difficult to, if someone asks that I have a two or three teenagers in the larger family and what would they play? It, it's really difficult. I usually just say King of Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, that's asks. actually one of my favorites. Actually, King of Tokyo is a pretty good one, and so is King of New York. All of yeah. those are fun. They're fast and they're action packed and they're pretty cool looking to boot. So. That's what makes kids really want to get into it, or teenagers even want to get into it, too. Yeah. I remember when I was a teenager, decades ago, <laughs> <laughs> we were we were sitting and we were playing cards, and we were playing with small bets. We were playing this game called Koputus. It's like two-card two poker, and we were just playing that all evening. And that's it. That was enough, just to sit together and do something. Yeah, it, it's fun, and the social aspect is something that... Video games hasn't touched very much, but it's pretty cool to see it in person. And, like, the times are different now, of course, but um, <laughs> yeah. um, when when people do go back together, I would definitely encourage doing things like that. Yeah, and also because everyone are social distancing, so maybe it would be good to play some games in the family as well, like you are doing there yes. with your parents. Yeah, It would be really good way to spend time together and easier than playing video games together yeah yeah definitely how has the year been there you live in omaha i think if i remember right yep omaha nebraska yeah has it been bad regarding the pandemic and the other very interesting things going (laughs) on in the u.s whole year you've had wildfires and all other political issues and everything you've had a great year there this year i think how has it been uh well, it's been interesting, I'll say the least. Um, the <laughs> pandemic has been a huge blow to everything over here, but yeah, um, 
to put it nicely, it's just been really <laughs> interesting and kind of odd. It's been a big change, and I'm adapting to it, of course. My family's adapting to it, but um, we do know that hopefully next year will probably be better. <laughs> Can't get much worse. <laughs> hopefully. Not until the aliens come down. Then we have a problem. Yeah, yeah. But they have the monoliths. Not there yet, but in Utah and... <laughs> California, I think. They had one in Finland also this week. It was very interesting. It's 150 kilometers from where I live. Wow. That was interesting. Almost wanted to go and look at it, but <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> May disappear maybe again. Will. <laughs> yeah. You said that there has been a big change. And what do you think about change? Do you think it's a good Or bad thing, or is it a situational thing? Change as a whole to an individual, or globally, or even in society. What do you think? Honestly, I think there's good changes and bad changes, all a part of this big change that the pandemic has caused. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, we've realized that technology has its limits in terms of when we need to connect with each other from afar and stuff like that. We've learned that. Sometimes mm-hmm. doing things from afar isn't a bad thing, but sometimes doing things closer is probably better. A lot of things like that in the spectrum of that sort of sense. Yeah. How about your studies? You're 16, so you are probably studying. Yes. Have you done distance learning or have you gone to class or how is the situation now and how has it been this year? Well, the first half of my semester, I went to school through distance learning and it was mm-hmm. interesting What we did was we would basically just watch classes through Zoom and we would talk with the teachers that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we would do assignments through the computer or sometimes I would use the printout home to print it out and send a picture over to the teachers. Mm-hmm. It was pretty interesting. I feel like I didn't get a lot of interactions with other students that were in the class and a lot of the students that were going through remote learning usually would have their cameras off or something. Mm-hmm. So it was missing the aspect of having class in person and actually being in school at all, really. Uh, but were the classes like live classes or were they recordings? That actually depended on the day. Sometimes teachers would record mm-hmm. videos for the remote learners and sometimes the teachers would do it live with the other students. But really, they would pay attention to the people in class, of course. But <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, it wasn't like... A- compulsory distance learning. There were some people in the class, so it was like a hybrid. Yeah, it was hybrid learning, as they called it over here. That's correct. Um, yeah. There were some kids learning the same things, or sometimes they would move the um, people in class at faster rates because sometimes the people on remote learning would get behind. It's, it was interesting. It was pretty weird. Yeah, must have been really difficult for the whole school. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're in high school, I think. Oh, I don't really know because we have different kind of grade system here in yeah. Finland. The kids begin at seven and then they go nine years to the elementary or the compulsory school. Then they go to high school for three years. And when they're 18 or 19, they graduate from there. That's interesting. So you're you're in high school now, right? Yep, high school. And as we say over here, <laughs> um, I'm in 11th grade. Okay. So you begin that early. Okay, yes. that's that's really interesting. 
It's a bit too early to go to school, in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> interesting over here, I won't lie. It's odd. <laughs> yeah, we have a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I don't want her to go to school yet. <laughs> she can wait a few years, please. <laughs> um, do you think that it has been good or bad if if you would have to choose this distance learning? Has it been Has it been suitable for you that... Maybe you can a bit adjust when you do the school stuff and maybe you have to do something with a very strict schedule or how has it been and how has it suited you? Once again, I'll be honest, it's been mixed on that front too. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing something pretty good with that and then there's other times whenever it doesn't feel like I've made much an impact on learning at all. And mm-hmm. um Is it subject specific? Nothing specific, really. It depends on just how some assignments are presented. Like a lot of the teachers experimented with new technology, new features and stuff just to handle Mm -hmm. having both students in class and students at home. And it was pretty it was pretty perplexing to see how sometimes things would turn out. But overall, not bad, I would say. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's good to hear that it hasn't been that bad. No, (laughs) it's been odd. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is the situation better there now regarding pandemic? You said that you were distance learning in the spring and now you're in class. So is it safer there? I wouldn't say it's safer, but people are becoming a bit more open with things as long as you follow protocols and the restrictions like wearing masks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and keeping each other safe while distancing and all that. Yeah, and people don't want to listen anymore or care about the corona that's happening here as well. <laughs> it's a bit silly. Yeah. How do you think, have you yourself changed in the progress during this year regarding the distance learning and having to socially distance yourself? I think so, yeah. Honestly... It was interesting because I had to do things a lot differently than normally because, of course, you can't go into class, so you can't really see the teachers too much. I mean, aside from Zoom and stuff, but other than Mm -hmm. that, um, it was hard to adapt at first. Eventually, I started getting settled in, but then when we started switching back to um, going back in person, it started feeling a little bit normal. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully, 2021 won't be as weird as this year, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Um, Yeah, we all are. Yeah, but other than that, I did have to adapt and change. I don't think it was in a bad way. It was just, it was just got to adapt with the new norm. Things are changing and you have to change with the changes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Your channel also got a bit bigger, (laughs) a bit with the quotation marks during the 2020. Yeah. It was it was honestly unexpected for in my opinion. My parents will probably say something different, but it was unexpected to see such a large leap in our following. We didn't I didn't expect it personally. I don't know how I don't know how they would feel. I'm pretty sure they would say they expected it or something. I don't know. But um was it visible to you as the director? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty shocking. I'm glad I'm <laughs> glad that I've been able to help this far and I'm glad I've been able to do the editing and the videos and Helping yeah. them direct and stuff, and I'm glad it's made some progress. Yeah. I, I saw your parents first time in Favorite Game Friday, I think, at some point. Ah, Dice and Tower, then, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
And because I was doing videos there as well myself, but I haven't been able to do for a few months. But then all of a sudden you were in some, I don't, I don't know what kind of talking program. I don't even remember the name because I don't see the American TV. You were in some morning show. Oh, Good Morning America. Yes, that's a yeah. big one. That is a big yeah, one. Yeah, that's a huge show. Yeah. And from there, I think you've done a great service for the people who are like social distancing maybe they understand that you can do something with board games in the family instead of sitting on the sofa playing with your phone and <laughs> doing some word games with yeah. each other i mean we do encourage sometimes to still use like devices and stuff to play board games such as yeah um i don't know any good ones that over there but probably like bga board game arena stuff like that yeah you yeah, yeah. I'm playing in board game arena as well. Yeah, it's good. I especially like that it's scripted. Tabletop simulator might be good, but if it's not scripted, it's really difficult to enforce the rules it in is. that kind of situation. Yeah. Do you play online board games yourself? I do, kind of. I play on tabletop simulator with my friends sometimes, but we usually mm -hmm. just mess around, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just flip the table all the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I saw your father at least in BGA. I already added him as a friend, but I haven't seen him online, so I haven't been able to ask him to play anything. Oh, you yet. you definitely um, should. My dad would love to play BGA with you, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I don't play anything live there actually. I really like the turn-based aspect, so you can just begin a game and play a week and do a turn a day or something like that. I really like that it suits my schedule so well. I, I do play. find it odd, though, because what if a game goes on for a month? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to do your turns when you have time to do yeah, your turns. Yeah, yeah, uh, Maybe I'll invite your father to a game. Maybe he wants to play something turn-based. I don't know if he does, but oh, let's yeah. see. He, he, he loves turn-based games. He does love he board doesn't. games, really. You, you could tell him anything, yeah. he'd probably join you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's actually good because in, in that way you can play with people you could never play with. Yeah, yeah. Possibly never play with. And like, I don't know if I'm ever coming to USA or if I will be ever in Omaha or somewhere where I could play with you guys. But there yeah. I can. And that's actually a good thing, although it is like a virtual thing. It is. And it's pretty impressive, honestly. I kind of like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's good. Tabletop Simulator is also good, but it really needs scripting in the module that you're playing. Yeah, if, if it lacks scripting on Tabletop Simulator, um, it can get pretty crazy. And some of my friends like flipping the tables, so... <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. It's a, it's a tabletop flipulator or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you gone to any virtual conventions? Um, my parents have. I'm usually the, ones ed I'm usually the one editing everything yeah. and i'm setting up everything but yes my parents have gone to virtual conventions yes <laughs> usually ones that are over here though have they said any opinions do they like them or are they just waste of time they like them it's just they miss going in person too yeah it's so different it is very different like we're not able to see everybody and on one of them, we did a we did a um, virtual con for AfroCon over here in mm -hmm. Omaha, and mm -hmm. um, everybody that showed up, we saw them, but they were just little profile pictures and names, and they couldn't really interact with us too much aside from chatting. So yeah, it was a little different. Yeah, yeah, it's also really difficult to do this live 
things so that you interact because I taught some classes in the university also with distance learning it's really really difficult and it needs planning to be able to interact with the students and also to make the students interact with each other it's really really difficult it's yeah. basically the same in a convention setting if you have a show or something you want interaction yeah interaction Probably is key you want. and it helps with learning all of that yeah and also in the shows it's good that there is some interaction with the crowd if you see just some symbols or some avatars it's not <laughs> it's, it's not really good i think although about the cons i do remember one thing though actually Mm-hmm. My parents did do a um, shut up and sit shut up and sit down event in the UK, so that was pretty cool. Virtually, mm-hmm. of course, but <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, it was for the shooks, yeah, right. Ah, okay. That that's interesting. I I haven't attended any virtual cons because I think that it's I tried, but then again they are on weekends, and I rather do something else than sit in front of a computer. Sitting on a table playing a game is different. That's it. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. what do you expect from the future what do you think will happen or what do you expect for you in the future do you expect to become a full-time editor of the channel or do you would you like it to be your profession honestly i'm thinking about it being being a profession of mine honestly because it's pretty fun um if anyone's listening to this call me (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah um it's pretty fun and i think i will keep editing this channel full-time as always and um can't wait to see where i go from here yeah and it's also good because you're learning while you're doing and now you don't have anywhere to go (laughs) you can just stay and edit (laughs) so in a way that's good luck also thank you you can see like when we started it was pretty rough i'll be honest my editing was pretty rough but it's gotten really well like Check out the most recent one. The most recent one at the time of recording would be episode 52, I believe. All right. I'll have to check it out after this. Yeah. <laughs> recording. But yeah, that's really, it's the it's one of the good things in the, let's say, newer channels. Yeah. That you see the progress from the beginning to the end. It's the same with my podcast. My first episodes are really crap because I <laughs> recorded them with a headset. Now I have a proper microphone. That's good, So yeah. the quality, I mean, the difference in quality is like night and day. But it also shows you how you've improved. I mean, pretty great. Yeah, that's, that's true. And also, I know when to have breaks and I know that I shouldn't breathe to the microphone and these kind of <laughs> things. I mean, the, the whole, everything is learning all the time. You learn everything all the time. And that's great. Yeah, it is, honestly. Do you have anything to add to this discussion, or do you want to go to our top nine lists already? You know what? Why not? Let's get back. Let's get to the top nine. I'm ready to explain these. <laughs> All right. So, our top nine list is. What is our top nine topic? Can you tell us, Grant, you chose it? Well, this top nine topic is games that feature dice. They're not specifically dice games, but they feature dice yeah. as a mechanic in the game. I have written down that the games that utilize dice. Yes. And how did you make your list? And why did you choose this topic? Well, I could have picked a ton of games, but I picked these nine because they were games that I think teenagers could actually get into and they would enjoy them. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's a good idea 
Why did you choose the topic? Because I actually enjoy these games myself, honestly. Like, these are the ones that I consider fun, they're engaging, and they're fast. Yeah. I noticed when I was making the list that I have too many <laughs> games that utilize <laughs> dice that are not dice games. I was actually asking prior to this recording that do we count dice games? Do, do we count Roland rights? I don't want to count them because there will be too many games to choose from. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to narrow it down. How did you rank the list? I ranked them from what I find to be... I can't call them most fun and least fun because they're all fun games, but mm-hmm. honestly just ones yeah. that I remember off the top of my head to ones that I don't remember as well, but I still find them fun. Yeah. I actually ranked mine according to the way that the game uses the dice without being just a dice game. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I, I mean, they are not in order of which I like the most, and it seems that... Yeah, we'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> um, do you have any honorable mentions that you could have added to the list, but for some reason they are not in the list? Well, that's a good one. Um, an honorable mention I would actually have might be Lantern's Dice. Mm-hmm. But that's a Roland Wright game. It is, but I didn't include it for that reason. And also, it's I do like Lanterns, the base game, but yeah, I didn't include that because I don't. I would just I just like the ones I picked on the top nine list. <laughs> yeah, I didn't include any Roland Wrights, and I didn't include any game that the result of the thrown dice is important. Like if you roll the dice, like in Stone mm-hmm. Age, you roll the dice and you might get six. That means that you can collect two uh, clay, I think, is with the tree. Mm-hmm. And I didn't add that. I, I mean, that kind of... Yeah. How can I say? O- or that uses dice, dice only for combat. Oh, uh, well, to... we may have a problem there from my end. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't because I would have. I couldn't have made this list, really. I already had to throw out some because I like, I love dice drafting. I have oh yeah my list uh, list numbers nine to seven uh, the dice dictate what you can do number six to four is dice drafting and three to one are somewhere that the dice are used as a worker or something like that <laughs> it's basically in the order that I like the mechanism where the dice is used All right. I al- already had to throw out I mean tapestry has one die. I couldn't use that, but I really like how the star- science die works in that. Lagrania, you throw this dice, and then mm-hmm. that tells you what you can pick on your turn. Pulsar 2849 has a great drafting mechanism that you have this median die, and if you pick a higher die, you go lower in the mm-hmm. uh, later in the turn order. And Dinosaur Island has a drafting, but I couldn't. Oh, make Dinosaur it Island, top. that's one. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't make top nine dice drafting games. That would have been unfair to the other <laughs> dice games, so I had to rule them out. I also try not to use same games twice, so I had to put Madeira out. That would have been my number one. because that's Could have a had a two-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been number one because that uses dice so well. They are your workers and you can buy more and change them and yeah. everything. That would have been number one, but it's not on the list this time do you want to begin i'm sure i'll start with my number nine this one like i said it's just wait wait a moment we've had this thing with the guests that whoever is a guest they can announce the number so 
try to pretend to be Eric Summerer or <laughs> an announcer. You can do it in whatever voice you want to do, but announce the number and then explain your number nine, and then I'm explain my number nine and then eight seven eight eight seven seven six six and so on and so forth. Got it. All right. Well, so let's let's see how your announcer voice is. Maybe you can become announcer for your channel also <laughs> instead of only director right. and editor. <laughs> <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. Okay. All right. Number nine. <laughs> wow, that was cool. Thank you. Um, my no number problem. nine was actually Sagrada. Mm-hmm. And I like it because of the theme, really. The theme is interesting. It's the stained glass theme where you're building stained glass windows and stuff. But I like how the dice are used on the player board, more specifically. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the grid, and the restrictions are hard to follow in the game, but... I do like the dice drafting and all that. It's a pretty cool use of the dice for that game. And also the theme just makes it really great. No. Have you tried with any of the expansions? Um, Not that I remember, actually. Okay. The expansions make the game better, even. Yeah. Both of them give something. Actually, I think there's a third one coming. But that expansion that is called 5 to 6 player expansion is a very stupid name for the expansion. It actually brings more Mm -hmm. of these patterns to do and... It gives other mechanisms. There's a good mechanism that you can store a die on your uh, player board and you can use that instead of drafting. So it kind oh, of that, mitigates that. That makes it a little bit luck. more strategic, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it should have been called like the compulsory expansion, not five to six player expansion, <laughs> in my opinion. It's a bit silly naming. Yeah, they've done that for a few other games and one that's on my list. So I'll, um, I, I won't spoil it. <laughs> All right. Let's see what's on your list. Maybe we have some crossover. I don't know. We might. We might. You said that your games are liked by teenagers. Mine are not really. Mine are a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not, not thematic. Very, very thematic at least. Yeah. My number nine is probably my favorite Stefan Feld game, and this is Castles of Burgundy. Oh, okay. And and I was putting this on the list taking it out putting it taking it out but then I thought it has to be on the list because it's so good game it's a, it's a classic here you roll yeah here you roll the die dice and they tell you that what you can do in your turn you build buildings and you do some actions related to them <laughs> and if you don't roll well then you don't roll, roll well but you can adjust the results during the game so you can mitigate it also yeah, even if it's you don't get the number luck. you want in that one I do see that you can still make actions and you can still do stuff on your turn and there's a way to manipulate it, like the roles, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, with the workers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great game. And especially two-player game. This is great two-player game. Definitely. And you just get points from everything. And Although I see you, it being more it, chaotic with more than two players. It, it's a little bit yeah. more fun like that. Yeah, but with two players, it's so quick. It plays really, really, really quick. We really mm-hmm. like it. Two-player game with the wife. We are playing it. We haven't played it for a while, but we every time enjoy it when we play, and it's just it always makes you feel good. Yeah. You never feel bad playing this game. I that's what I like it. I mean, like about the game. My number nine, Castles of Burgundy. All right, number eight time, huh? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> number eight. My number eight would be um, Machi Koro. Actually, Oy, I hate this game. Um. I really like the theme, first of all. Like, it's just building the city. My mom also loves building cities and stuff. She likes that architect, 
architecture stuff. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, she usually wins at this one. It's usually either mom or dad, but I mean, I still like the game. It's pretty cool. It, I like how the dice. It's not the win. It's the goal that matters. Yeah. Like Rainer Knizia says. Yeah. 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 And it's pretty fast. I like it. Um, Two players, I don't know how fun that is, but three players, definitely, I just like the action-packed aspect. And four, four, if you get up to that number, it's probably crazy. Yeah, I've played this only in, uh, I think it was in Yukata, the oh, yeah. so online, two-player. It was horrible. After three <laughs> rounds, I was hoping it to end. I didn't like it at all. But maybe it needs expansions, this one, or something well, there are some expansions for Machi Koro. There are a lot of them, yeah. I think. Isn't there? Yeah. I think the legacy version might be good, because at least if you don't like the game, you can rip some cards off <laughs> and throw them to trash. Yeah. I, I really don't like this game. <laughs> but it's good that some people do. <laughs> and it's not wrong. My number eight is uh, Rayas of the Ganges. This... It's almost a dice game, but then again, you can do so many different things with the dice. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can do everything with the dice, and you can combine the dice when building. And I like it a lot that you try to make exact number, and you don't want to waste the pips on the dice. And I, yeah. I really like the ending mechanism. It's my favorite, one of my favorite ending mechanisms in any games that you have these two tracks mm-hmm. one is for money one is for fame and when they overlap each other they go to different directions and when they overlap each other the game will end and whoever is the most oh, that's interesting further apart that's pretty interesting wins the game yeah it's not points it's not money but you have to collect both evenly and i mean this is a great game uh, if you want to use it try it in yukata.de it works quite well but of mm-hmm. course it's not the same as playing on the table yeah, it's really course. difficult to see anything from the board but this is a really good game yeah alright on to number 7 huh? yep my number 7 would be Champions of Midgard actually mm-hmm. now personally I think teenagers would like it just because of how it looks I mean it looks yeah it's a Viking theme, but also has monsters and stuff and warriors and they yeah. fight and stuff. And I always find that type of stuff to be cool. So that's why I put that on my list. And I do like yeah. that it uses dice. I mean, although it is mostly just worker placement, like half of the game is worker placement and the other half is dice rolling and all that stuff. No, I haven't played this, but it looks really good. Oh, you should definitely give it a look at. Yeah, it's it's really a bit let's say overpriced here in Finland <laughs> and when it when it came out it was really difficult to get it was sold out everywhere and i don't know why there went there was no stock here when when it came out man that really sucks actually yeah i might have even bought it but i couldn't get it at that time so then i kind of forgot it <laughs> <laughs> but this seems really interesting this one yeah you like it when you finally get your hands on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Actually, you said monsters. I remember that I could have added Oracle of Delphi here from Stefan Feld that uses dice even better than Castles of Burgundy, but I forgot that, so I forgot that. Oh, darn. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good sailing game. You sail around and kill the monsters, and then you build some buildings. And Anyway, it's a huge mix of mechanisms and everything. It's a race game, in a way. So- sounds so pretty different, cool, actually. Feld. Yeah, it's, it's so different from other Stefan Feld's games, so that would have been good. 
addition to the list. Maybe it's number 10. Let's say that it's number 10. <laughs> My number, we are at seven. My number yeah. seven is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Huh. And this one doesn't use dice that much, except that you roll the dice once per round, and the dice dictate how valuable your family members are. There are see. three different color dice, if I remember, black, orange, and white, and all players have black, orange, and white worker, I mean family member. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever the dice is rolled, that's the value of that family member. So every round you have to, in a way, change your tactics yeah. <laughs> on how you place and what you place where and mm-hmm. how. And this is a great worker placement game where you collect cards and buildings and collect some p- people and then go to crusades or collect other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I really like this. This is a great game. That's interesting. It was last time I made my top 100 list. It was in my top 10, but I haven't played it now for over a year. So <laughs> this time when I made it, made the list, it's not there in top 10 anymore, but it's very high on my top 100 list of all time. That's good. That is good. And this is a great game. Try it if you find it somewhere. Definitely, definitely. It's 15 times better than it looks from the cover. <laughs> that's cover the, the, that's the funny thing about some board games. They look, they may look horrendous in terms of the art, but they usually are really fun. Yeah. Shout out to Terra Mystica gran- on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is Cranio Creations. It has a sturdy looking man on the or angry looking man even <laughs> in front in the front cover i think in us it's from simon it might be yeah uh, but the cover is still as bad looking <laughs> <laughs> one in europe yeah uh, if you like art it might be good and if you like green and don't vomit when you see green and brown next to each other then it looks good but it's better game than it looks from the box yeah so my number seven was lorenzo il magnifico got it I'll keep note of that one. <laughs> it, you might like it, actually. Most likely. I mean, it sounds pretty fun. Um, well, we're on the six now, huh? Yep. So my number six would be Survive Escape from Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And the dice are used a little bit, and mostly in the mm-hmm. extras, but it's pretty fun to see... Everyone scrambled to try to get off the island really fast. <laughs> yeah. And people sabotaging one another. It's funny. It's just funny. I think teenagers especially or families even would like it because um, it's fun. You get to yell out of it. You get you may laugh or as my parents may have said in a few videos, you laugh till you cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Overall, great game. Over here, it's my stronghold and... Um, we haven't played the original Escape from Atlantis, but Survive Escape from Atlantis is pretty fun. Yeah. I think they changed the name back and forth all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it might now now be Escape from Atlantis. I don't even remember. They changed it back and then they changed it back and changed it back. I can't even follow <laughs> Something. it. <laughs> yeah. But this is, in my opinion, also maybe a perfect game for a family with, mm. let's say, older kids, over eight this would be really, really good. So the kids can beat the parents and everything. <laughs> it, 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 it's really good. And this makes everything even in a way. Yeah. Because you don't know the number of the meeple that will will be eaten by the sharks. And that is the funniest part about it. Yeah. It, it's really, really good choice. 
good choice. Do you have any cooperative games on the list, by the way? Um, no, actually. Mostly okay, just for because... large groups or groups of three, <laughs> four. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if your mom forbid you playing them. <laughs> because nah. they're, they're saying everywhere that she hates cooperative games. <laughs> she, it, as, as we so say on funny. the channel, Starla don't do co-op. That is what we yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> she does not do co-op at all. Yeah, <laughs> but you can play with your dad. Yeah, I mean that's fine. But it's well. just, she does not like cooperative games. She she hates. She doesn't like like relying on other people because if she wants to do something, she wants to do it on her own, and she wants to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what Dad says. She's not as violent as she seems, though. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> My number six, you already mentioned earlier, and this is Sagrada. And oh wow, I agree. <laughs> I agree with everything you said, and I think the expansions are really good. I have yeah. two of them: this five to six player expansion, which should be compulsory expansion, and then this Passion. I think is the first small one. Mm-hmm. But both of them bring something new to the game, and I really, really like this game. Got it. This is the best pattern building game using dice in my opinion yep and this is first of my series of this um, dice drafting games so now they begin oh gosh <laughs> but this, this had to be on the list i almost put it out because i thought it's too much dice game but actually it's not because the result of the dice don't really matter it just shows where you can place it and the colors matter and mm. It it has very good mechanics. Yeah, the me- restrictions mechanism. and the color or shade values and stuff that it, that that can get a little overwhelming, but it's pretty fun though. Nonetheless, yeah. it can become really thinky with first time players. So yeah, help them when you teach the game. That's why it was at the lowest of mine because I think teenagers would enjoy it, but it does require a lot of explanation. Yeah, especially the first time when you've played it once, then you don't need any explanation anymore. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but fully agree with you. Sagrada mm-hmm. is a great game. Yeah. All right. Number five, right? Yep. The Alpha is Mine by Games by Bicycle, actually. I think it dropped this year. What was the name of the game? The Alpha. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's brand new, and um, I believe it released this year. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure it was this year, and um, it's about being the leader of the wolf a wolf pack and yeah you want to be the alpha on pretty much everything so you roll dice to see how much food or items you can get from a certain spot and then you want to be make sure you have enough workers or wolves in this case Mm -hmm. on a certain location so let's say you want to get um a fish right you'd want to have five wolves on that tile compared to your opponent's three and um, mm-hmm. you roll a dice to see how much food you'd get out of that encounter. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I haven't even seen this. I've heard it on a few podcasts. Oh, man. It's pretty I don't pretty remember fun. where, but yeah. It, it sounds interesting. I'm not sure if I would make a blind buy on it, but I'd <laughs> be willing to try if possible. But it's quite yeah. new, I think. I don't know if it's even in retail yet. Yep. I'll be honest, it'll make you mad. I was pretty mad. It was it was pretty interesting. You always <laughs> want to be the one who gets the resources, so it was pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that it's it's really annoying. Yeah. My number five is Tech Hennu, Obelisk of the Sun. 
this is quite new game also. Wow. It's in this T series. This might be higher, but I've only played it once. I don't know yet if I hate it or if I love it. <laughs> it's, the problem is that it took quite long to teach and to learn. The yeah. first two rounds were super slow. But then it got really, it picked up the pace and it... Yeah, that's always the first up. time with some games. It starts off slow, but when you get the hang of it, it's just quick. Yeah. I think this might work very well with two. I played with three. It says that it's best with three on board game geek, but yeah. I'm not sure if three is the best. It might be best with two, but just because of the speed. And mm -hmm. how they use dice in this game. Have you played this, by the way? Actually, no. We're okay. planning to, though. Yeah, just reserve time when you learn it because it's a bit. You have to think so many different things. It has million different things that you have to take into consideration when you draft the dice from the board. And you can draft yeah. the dice from uh, like a shadow part and the light part where the light mm -hmm. is shining. But what is in the shadow of the? I mean, what is behind the obelisk in the middle that mm -hmm. are, are in the dark? You can't pick anything from there. Wow, and, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And there are four different uh, the turns that Obelisk and the Shadow changes place, and such. It's a bit convoluted <laughs> just for that. For, for that, but but it's it actually works really well. This dice selection mechanism. Like yeah. There are dice in different sectors, and different color of dice. Uh, there's white, gray, black, and yellow, if I remember right. Mm. And according to where they are, of course, when white is in uh, white is in the light. It's a pure dice and the, the uh, pure die. A black is tainted. So when you take the dice, uh -huh. after you've taken four dice, you put them on this. I mean, when you take it, you put it on a scale. There's the purity uh, purity part and then the tainted part. And after four dice you've taken, you compare the sums of the pips on the dice <laughs> on both <laughs> sides. And then if you have balance, it's like a perfect score and you will probably go first on the next round. And the more difference you have between them, the further you will be on the play order track. And if you wow. have lots of this tainted side, you get also minus points. But if you have lots of pure, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter, you're just later. So the more balanced you are, the earlier you will go in the next round. And going early is super important in this game. That sounds and really it, intense, honestly. It's pretty cool, but intense and complex. Yeah. I like it. That's pretty cool. That's only the tra drafting mechanism in the game. There are so <laughs> many different things to wrap your head around. The first rounds are so slow. Yeah. But this dice drafting part is so cool in this game. That's why it's this high on the list. Gotcha. So my number five was Tekkenu. Got it. All right. On to number four. And mine is, honestly, it, it, it went from... Kind of tricky games, and I've dropped down to an easier one. Roll for mm -hmm. it. Uh -huh. <laughs> I haven't even played this, by the way. Really? No, I haven't. I haven't even seen it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Well, prepare yourself for this explanation. It's super fun. Um, Okay. It's family-friendly. It's a card game and a dice game, but the dice are the um, crucial, important part because you want to get rolls to match things that are out on the board or what i wouldn't call it board but the field of cards because mm -hmm. on some cards it'll show pips of dice let's say you need um the pips to be a six dice and a dice that says two on the pips right mm -hmm. so you want to roll a six and a two and get that card and add it to your points and that's pretty much 
how simple it is. You just roll until you match cards, and you can stack them on the cards so you can make sure you keep track of it. But you don't want to use up too many dice because you may get stuck and you may not be able to finish a certain card. It's pretty tough. Uh-huh. It gets tough later on when you're trying to really get some points, and if your opponents are far ahead, you're going to want to catch up. So <laughs> it's fun. You may like it, and they, like you mentioned, the... um five and six player expansion i think it was four to five or was it five to six uh sagrada was five to six yeah yeah um this one also has that too and it has a red box and a purple box the purple box Mm -hmm. being the expansion it's pretty funny and um they also have a deluxe edition we have the deluxe edition which is like in a gold and gold box and it's pretty cool but Mm -hmm. um overall very fun game if you don't have it you should definitely have it it's fun and it's really fast like i don't see there being any slow moments aside from when you get stuck <laughs> okay is it like a multiplayer does it work best with multiplayer or does it work best with a smaller number of players in your opinion in my opinion it, it works with anybody like two players that would be really intense and you're it, it'll be really fun but with large groups, that's also fun, too. It's just harder to keep track of score, I guess. <laughs> okay, I, I have to try this if I see it somewhere. Yeah, roll for yeah, it, y- definitely. Yeah, I will roll for it. <laughs> <laughs> My number four is a bit heavier game, probably, than that. Uh-oh. Not as heavy as the previous one, but this one is Coimbra. Oh, and Coimbra, this, I know this one. Yeah, this is my favorite dice drafting game. Wow. On, only because the dice has meaning you yeah. have the color of the dice and you have the number of the dice and you might want to take a higher number dice to go first but if you take a higher number dice it will cost you more mm-hmm. i mean there are so many things to consider when you pick that dice and then the color dictates what is the other action happening with that die on the later part of the turn after the part where you buy the people from the city and this yeah. is this is really a good game. I I'm, I'm really, I, I mean, I really want to play this again soon. It's been too long since I played it. <laughs> it, it is a uh, fun one, and the um, I do like the effect that I think it changes pretty much every time. It feels like a different experience every exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. You never play the same game again. Never, never. If you play a thousand times, maybe you get one, <laughs> one similar than the other one. But this is this is really a good game. I want to play this soon again. Yeah, yeah. I'm forgetting the rules. I remember from that that I should play it again because I don't remember all the rules. I had to look at look at this before <laughs> before this recording that how did it work again? But now I remember how it works. So yeah, yeah. This is a great game, and the colors color palette is so good. I really like this. Chris oh, it's Williams. very colorful. The game is very yeah. colorful. Yeah, I I really like the colors that this Chris Williams uses. I I like all his color <laughs> schemes they're so colorful some but somehow they match yeah yeah which is it's, right. it, it's interesting and i just like the art style especially coimbra's art style is pretty nice yeah it's not this like a traditional good art it's a bit different but i like it it's not offensive in any way i mean it's, no. <laughs> it's easy to the eye so to say i, I like it yeah. i like how it's done also and the colors are fantastic yeah all right all right um well this one's a little bit heavier than my previous one but my number three was above and below Mm -hmm. and this one 
Have you played Above and Below? Because it's pretty fun. No, I haven't played any Ryan Logat's game. Oh, oh, that series. His his little universe he created is all interesting. Yeah. So definitely look into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get into them, <laughs> I mean they 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 look really interesting. I want to play them, but just for some reason I haven't been able to play them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone who owns them, and I haven't had the possibility to buy them. And yeah, I, I don't know. But especially near and far looks good, and then the oh yeah. What's the new one? Not Islebound, but the one that is coming. That looks really good. I don't remember the name. Sleeping Cards, I think. Was it Ryan Loggett's? Maybe. I think so, I but think that I don't know if really I don't good. even know if that was. Hmm. I'll have to look into that one. It's not. I don't know if it's even out yet. It's really new. It was in Kickstarter. I think it was um, Sleeping Cards. Maybe it wasn't Ryan Loggett, but it's from Red Raven Games anyway. Oh, that it's definitely from Red Raven Games. Um, maybe Rome. Have no, to look at I don't think one. it was. I think it's oh, Rome. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> Sleeping cards is from Ryan Logan. This is the one that I remember. I, I, I meant, yeah, the one with the boat in the middle and then a huge monster beneath it. This looks so cool. Sleeping cards, yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, you <laughs> you chose <laughs> above and below. Yeah, I, I like above and below just because of. Again, the building aspect, you're building your village after you've been run. I think it was you were running away from your original place and you're trying to find a new place to live mm-hmm. with you and your villagers. And um, there's the underground. And not only is there the rolling aspect of the game, I like the storytelling. Like you read stories and usually no game of Above and Below is the same because you'll probably get a different story every time. And with mm-hmm. the expansions, like there's the forest, I believe, and the desert. I hope I'm right about that. Mm-hmm. But each one of those stories changes things too because the expansions comes with stories as well. So you'll never have the same thing. And each story revolves around... If you're exploring, right, you're going to want to have mm-hmm. adventurers or villagers on your explorations. And each of your explorers have pips on the dice that you want to roll up to to get lanterns, as they call it in the game. And Mm -hmm. when you get a certain amount of lanterns, you'll be able to do a certain action. Like, let's say a story says you have to kill, like, a monster or something. If you get five lanterns, you'll kill it. But if you don't get five lanterns, your villagers may get injured. So, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really want to try some of these. The Sleeping Guards looks really good. Yeah. Let's see. I, I really was interested in Near and Far also, but... It's it's a bit too expensive to buy without trying first. Oh in yeah, my yeah, opinion. yeah. It, I mean, near and far's card drafting and stuff is pretty intriguing. I mean, and the theme of that one is really cool too. Yeah. And I believe storytelling is also a crucial part of that game too. So just reading yeah. the stories is really fun. Yeah, yeah. My number three is now the first one in the series of dice as workers and this is crystal palace oh this is quite a thinky game (laughs) and this works in a way that you have dice and in the beginning you don't roll them you Mm -hmm. choose what they are you can choose them to be four sixes the thing is that whatever they are if they are sixes they cost you six money interesting isn't isn't this the one that was set in the world fair in london yeah, this is the one from last year's spiel. Oh, interesting. Crystal yeah. Pal- yeah. It's a big one from Capstone 
in US. That's cool. And this is really, really heavy game, actually. Heavier than it might seem because you have to do so many decisions. But the <laughs> money is really tight. You don't understand it in the beginning. You are given, given 40 pounds, I think. Wow. Or maybe less. And they say that, here you go, you are now the ambassador of Japan and you go and this is the money that you have to use and you really don't get much back during <laughs> the game. You you can spend all of it in the beginning and then be screwed for the rest of the game. That almost <laughs> happened to me. Oh no. <laughs> the first time I played and the good thing is that you choose the dice values. So let's say that you choose 5-5 five, five and 4-4. Four, four. So that will be mm-hmm. 18. And someone else chooses 19. Okay, they go first. Yeah. And then they pay 19 and you pay 18. But it's not that big of a difference going first, necessarily. Because there are these areas where you place the die. Mm. And they have some limits. Like, if you place to this spot, it has to be more than three. Or if you place to this spot, it's more than it has to be more than five. So those are the only limitations. If you choose two small dice, you might be blocked out from some spaces that you really need. So there's a kind of a struggle thinking that which ones do I have to get? So you might take three ones and one six Mm -hmm. so that you get that one spot that you really need and the others don't really matter. But you will go later in turn order. (laughs) But still, if you have six and no one else has a six, you will go first anyway. (laughs) So there are so many different things related to this dice mechanism. There are lots of other systems there there are if i remember right there are eight or nine or ten spots where you place the dice and all of them work differently yeah <laughs> and you do different things in each it's so convoluted the setup is big it looks huge on the table but this dice mechanism is in the center of everything mm. and it works really well in crystal palace this is actually the first game that i've wrote a written review last november i think and it's in board game geek so that's interesting. Had to be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your number two? All right. And this one is this one needs no introduction. My number two is Catan, and we all know what that is. I only picked yeah, this no. one just because of the ease and simplicity of it. Um, yeah. It's also what actually makes up our channel's logo. The OFPG are in hexagons, and Catan uses hexagons, so... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I like this less than Manchikorovic. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fun. It's just, it's pretty basic and it's a very gateway game. And if you want to start off anybody in board games, this one is the one. Or Ticket to Ride, but Catan I would prefer over Ticket to Ride, probably. I would give them Carcassonne, actually. Oh, that Carcassonne, doesn't offend yeah, anyone. Cool. I like that one. Catan might offend someone. <laughs> I mean, you might really have a bad time playing that. Okay, it it's usually works, but yeah, there can be situations that it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like this game exactly for that reason. But it's a fun game. Mm. It's done a good job, but it can go to retirement now. <laughs> In my <laughs> opinion, at least. All right, I'm not mocking it more, but I don't really like that game. Yeah, that's fine. That is fine. Opinions. I have bad experiences, so... That's that's why. My number two is Teotihuacan, City of Gods. Oh. And I like this because the dice are used in a good way here. They mm-hmm. are your workers, and every time you move with the workers forward, they grow up. 
in a way growing up means that they gain experience and let's say you have a die that is value 3 it will become value 4 and when they become 6 they die oh. they don't die they ascend they go to the heaven and that uh, progresses the end of the game so huh. in a way you make the dice very strong but when they become too strong old too experienced I mean thematically then they die and they become, come mm. back as a young kid so you get them back you get the bonus but you don't have that uh, high value dice so yeah. it's it's kind of playing around a bit like the crystal palace earlier but here you do it during the game so when you take actions and move the dice they become better and then they go away and mm. they are worse again and it's a it's a lot about timing this game and 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 i really like how the dice are used here that's cool. That's cool. I haven't actually have played, played this one. I, I might have to look into it, though. Sounds interesting. Yeah. This is also like that Tekken or the other, I mean, the newer game from Borden Dice. Um, reserve some time for the first play. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy when you understand how it works, but the beginning is really difficult. I mean, it can really screw your brain yeah. in, at the beginning, but this is... But this is actually really good. I've played it in board game arena a few times, and now I want to play it with the expansion. <laughs> I I have the expansion, but I can't really play physically. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that makes sense. No, it's a good game. You should try it. It Definitely. works very well with three also. Although board game geek says four, but I think it might work in your family. Yeah. So what's your number one? No, my number one. My number one, I should say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you actually mentioned this one near the start of King the show. King of Tokyo, right? Yep. All right. Now I only picked it just because, like I said, it's easy, and I wouldn't give it yeah. as a starter game. Maybe I mean I guess it depends on who it is, but um, it's a personal favorite of mine because I'm like nine times out of ten I'm usually the one who wins. I don't know if my parents would like to contest on that, but it's probably true, in my opinion. You don't win with the points, right? And, well, no. I, I win by killing them, obviously. I mean, yeah. yeah. Point winning is for wussies. It's not for people. Yeah. You don't play that game to win with the points. No. <laughs> and I like it with the expansions. The base game is fun, but yeah. the expansions make it better. Kind of like a lot of the games we've t- talked about, but yeah. Yeah. You have to have the power up. Yeah, power. If it's, you can't play without it, power up, no. <laughs> no, it's it's not enough. Otherwise, have you played the dark edition? Is it no. out in the US yet? It should be right. It's in the Is US. It it's just we have not played the dark edition yet. No, it looks cool. It's my type of gritty and creepy looking, but yeah, we haven't got it. It has yet. other mechanism, which I really liked. I have the dark edition. Huh? It and looked, it, it, it uh, kind of just looked like a skin, but is it different? Uh, there is one very important thing. If you roll three ones, you get two, um, I don't, is it rage points or something points? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you in any case get three points. You get one real point and two other points. And if you roll three twos, you get two points and one other point. Interesting. So it really makes some use of the ones and twos because they are useless otherwise in the game, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. And when you go up on a track, and when you go to a certain level, you get a special ability to your monster. Wow. So in a way, you can have that kind of strategy that I collect a lot of those because the ones at the top, if you ever <laughs> reach them, 
They are crazy good abilities. <laughs> and I, I really like that kind of thing that it fixes the numbers one and two. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's the same. And honestly, um, I haven't heard much about the Dark Edition. I do know about the reprint, but here's a funny thing I did want to bring up. My mom does not like the new version of King of Tokyo because of mm-hmm. Cyber or the Robot Kitten character. She uh-huh. only likes the one Cyber Bunny from the first one. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the new edition either. It looks stupid. I mean, I, I didn't yeah, yeah. understand why they made the second edition. But this yeah. Dark Edition looks really cool. Yeah. And it, it it's actually quite good. I have King of New York as well, but I haven't played that for years. <laughs> I mean, honestly, neither have I or our family. We we like Tokyo. It's a classic one. Yeah. I think I like New York more because it has more things to do, but it's more difficult to teach for people who haven't played Tokyo. Yeah. So, yeah. There's sides. <laughs> both sides. I would definitely teach it. them Tokyo first, then New yeah. York, and yeah, so on. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. All right, that's a good choice. Thanks. Although I think it's a too much dice game to me. It wouldn't have been on my list, maybe. Yeah. No, it wouldn't have. I have heavier games I'm, and less meaningful dice in the games. <laughs> Except in my number one. My number one is Quarayeros. Have you played this? Actually, no. What is that one? This is like... Um, this is the... A game by Mike Elliott and Eric Lang from 2011, and this is what became later Marvel Dice Masters, and then all the other Dice Masters. Have you seen those? I I believe so. I would I'd have to I'm, I would look it up and see about it, but I think so. This yeah. Is, yeah, this is basically um, this is a fighting game in a way, oh. and everything is dice and cards. There are different kind of creatures or beings or spells or other things that are in a card. See, that sounds like something I would like already, see? (laughs) Yeah, I I think this is right up your alley, and this would be perfect for teenagers also. Hmm. They they came up with this Quarrier's Quartimate Edition. Everything begins with Q. (laughs) This is a bit (laughs) crazy. They came came up with this Quartimate, however you pronounce that, Quartimate, Quartimate, anyway, (laughs) Ultimate Edition that has all the expansions in it. Yeah. And if you can grab that box, it should be in print. That's a great, great investment in a way. Definitely look at it. What's, what's it called again? Warriors with Q. Q-U-A-R-R-I-O-R-S. Got and it. And exclamation it. mark. So basically, all the cards have five dice related to them. And uh-huh. the card shows the size of the dice. And then if there's some kind of special ability in the card, there are different beings related to the same dice so it can be different kinds of monster or creature Interesting. and it shows all the special abilities of that die and then you build your dice pool you put them to a back then you uh, draw certain number of dice you roll them and you see what you do and huh. you try to beat the other people <laughs> and you try to keep <laughs> i don't now remember because it's long time since i played it and i played it two player last time but I think this is three or four, or it works with all the numbers. You yeah. try to keep one round uh, in a way that you are in lead, and then you get a point. And Interesting. The longer you can hold, the more points you will get. And it's a, it's a really interesting game. I think the Marvel Dice Master Day 
uh, all the Dice Masters they created are two-player games, or team, two versus two. Yeah. So this might be best with two also. I have, I think, three expansions on the base game, and I should play this. I haven't played it for a long time, but this is great fun. Just no problem pulling our mode game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I think you and your family would like it a lot. And I think teenagers would like this game a lot. Honestly, probably so. Think Definitely on the teenager part. Yeah, because this is just beating each other up with <laughs> fantasy monsters and crazy monsters. Yeah. Yeah. But this is my number one because it's a very different kind of <laughs> dice game. Honestly, it was kind of funny. King of Tokyo and that one seemed pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, both of them would very well suit too. Yeah. Younger people and the newcomers to the hobby also. But this is a bit forgotten game. It really? And, but, Interesting. Yeah. I think it's a bit forgotten because the Dice Masters game and you have to buy boosters of them and everything. Huh. But this is the original one that Mike Elliott and Eric Lang created ah and they have the ultimate edition i think <laughs> i don't understand why they have to put this gear everywhere I, that's just a little gimmick i guess <laughs> yeah but all the expansions are the artifacts and quest for the gladi- gladiator <laughs> jeez <laughs> it's just too much <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this is a great game you should definitely try this yeah for sure for sure all right, uh, these lists will be against each other in a paddle in Instagram and Twitter. What do you think of your chances in winning the paddle? I don't know. Maybe people will like mine more. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so too. Yours is a bit lighter and yep. all over the place. <laughs> mine is a bit more like it's only three different styles and heavier games. And also in Twitter, I never win these battles because it's a popularity contest. <laughs> <laughs> and people always vote for the guests. It's good. The guests feel better. But yeah, I don't know if I agree with the results of the list. <laughs> it's always, fine. It's I, always fine to be salty. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is not serious, so it doesn't really matter. It's all, all in fun. Yeah. Um, do you want to add something? Did you forget something from your list? Or did you want to say something else in addition to what we've talked? Hmm. There, there was this one game I can't exactly recall the name of that used dice mm-hmm. in a similar way. Um, it was pretty interesting, but you would build inventions and you would use the dice and you'd put them according to fire, water, and electricity. And they were Steve red, Bunk blue, Rally. and yellow dice. Yeah, there we go. Steve That's Bunk the Yeah. That I forgot that that would have been a good that would have been a really good pick. I was really thinking about that one. <laughs> I don't know if it would have gone to the list, but that's a really good different way of using yeah. dice. That's great. Hmm, I forgot that. I totally forgot that. <laughs> me, too, me too. It just hit me. <sighs> yeah, this is the thing because there are so many good games with dice. Like I didn't remember that Oracle of Delphi at all. And it's a great game. <laughs> that <laughs> might have even been on the list, but and there are so many good dice games. Hmm. Wow. But thank you for attending 
and joining me. Guys. Oh, it's my pleasure. No problem. If if people want to find you or your channel, how, how can they find you and where can they find you or where should they go to find well, you? They they may not see me, but they may see my parents, and they'll have to find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and of course YouTube. Sometimes on the Dice Tower, as my mom likes to say, and um, mm-hmm. um, it's Our Family Plays Games on Twitter. It's Our Family or Our Plays, I think, Our Underscore Plays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we messed up the name, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only only yeah. people who did it. There are so many with the wrong name. Yeah. And there's a character limit also in Twitter, by the way. Yeah, that's the problem. When we were trying to put Our Family Plays games, it would just make us go to Our Family or Our Fam Plays or something silly like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we just stuck with the default. It was okay. But, yeah, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. YouTube is our main one. That's where we post all our stuff. Yeah. All right. But thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had fun also. And let's hope some people listen to this who are thinking how to get their teenage children to play more games. Yeah, hope there have so, been hope really so. good, really good choices actually. And maybe this dice game is the way to go. Yeah, d- dice is—it's an easy thing. We all know what a dice is, so yeah. it's it's just very easy to get into. Yeah, I think dice and cards are the things that are easiest. Yeah. Not resource cubes or <laughs> stock man- stock market. See, that's where we get a little tricky there. <laughs> 18xx. Here is the game you will not ever play again in your life. <laughs> but anyway, I had lots of fun. Thank yeah. you for joining me. Now, nah, thank you. And bye bye. See ya. Thank you for listening. You can find this podcast from SoundCloud with username Mitapelataan. You can also find the podcast from Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Should be in Amazon Podcasts also at some point, and it should be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can find me from Instagram and Twitter with username Mitapelataan. There's a page in Facebook, Mitapelata, and you can just search by Mitapelataan, and you should find me from many places. I have a blog, mitapelatan.wordpress.com, where you can find information about this channel and all the links to related media. You should be able to find me from YouTube as well by searching mitapelatan. You can send me email to mitapelatan at gmail.com. There's also a guild in BoardGameGeek number 3320. Interact in any way you can, comment anything up to you, but interact with me please. And If you listen this far, please leave a review, subscribe so that people find out about this podcast. And one more time, thank you for listening and bye bye. The music used in this series was Nightwalker by Sensent Pulse. Thank you for that.